0: Hi, my name's John Casher, and welcome to Cash Talk, where there'll be no boundaries and a lot of straight talk. All things money, business, and just everyday stuff. Hey guys, before we get started, just a quick reminder that all the information in this podcast is of a general nature and not tailored to your personal circumstances. So please seek personal financial advice before acting on this information. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Friday Finance on Cash Talk. And once again, I'm joined by Mason Thorne. And today, we're going to be talking about a very popular topic about buying your first property. Now, we're going to take this from a few different angles, but um, before we do, how are you, Mason?
1: I'm good, thanks, John. How are you, How's yourself?
0: Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all when the financial year madness is, is upon us, um, but... It's, uh, there's a lot of chat going on about property. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to kind of um, speaking about this one, especially when it comes to, you know, purchasing a, a property for the first time.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think I think the key there is you mentioned buying your first property. So, I haven't mentioned buying your first home versus the investment property. So, that's what we're going to get really into today and discuss the pros and cons of each. Um, and yeah, because it's quite an emotionally charged topic because, it seems like every Australian wants to own property. It just seems to be the way it is. Um, so it's really like making that first purchase is probably going to set up a lot of your decisions moving forward and can really drive your financial future. So I think it's a really important topic that we that we uncover today.
0: Mm. And we've got to also, I think the the big one is identify that you know property in itself is an asset class, okay? So you know you're you're putting your money into an asset class, so it's going to have pros and cons with it. Um, and I think the other thing as well too, is us as financial advisors, we, we, sometimes there's a bit of a myth that we don't like property, like it's, you know, they're not into property. No, we, we, we actually love property. You know, I often say they're like my two sons properties as property and stocks. You just can't choose, you know, between the two of them. So, um, you know, let's let's get really into it. Like, I'll probably explain, Like, you know, my journey. I think that, you know, I come from a European background, which was very much around property, property, property. You know, it's the best thing, thing you know, since sliced bread, get property, get property. I think from being here from a, a young age, I kind of was aware that, you know, it's not as glitz and glam as everyone makes it out to be, but it's a very, very powerful tool to use. Um, what I was just getting at is obviously, um, you know, going into the property uh, market, for me was around purchasing my first home and it was that kind of thought process around me not only seeing purchasing a pro- as a pro- of a property as a um just as an investment there was more to that i wanted that sense of security i wanted that sense of you know no one kind of knocking on my door and and getting me outside of the house so i think when it comes to making invest like decisions in regards to buying your first property the thing is as well, not only is it emotionally charged and there's also beliefs that come back from your, you know, where you've come from and maybe your cultural uh, background or maybe your upbringing, but there's also some other factors as well because, you know, a house is shelter, okay? But there's another side to that as well too is how much security do you actually want from that as well too? So um, what's your thoughts and, and maybe just sharing some of your own experience, Mason?
1: Yeah, it's it's funny. It's funny you mention that because yeah, I just recently purchased my first home uh, late last year. Um, I went down. I I, I want to say I went down the traditional route, and what I mean by that is I bought some land, built a home on it. Because um, that's I guess that's what people do. That's what in my mind, I, that's what seems what people do. Um, particularly where I, I live in Northern Victoria in Shepparton area. So it's definitely what most people do around here. So I was sort of just following the herd. I didn't. And, mm-hmm. If I'm being perfectly honest, I actually didn't really consider, should I invest in property or should I buy a first home? I, it was like one of those things that I just gonna buy my first home because that's what people do. Um, and that's, I probably got a bit caught up in the emotion of it rather than actually making, stepping back and making that decision. If someone was there and said, oh, Mason, do you actually, is that really the right decision? Not saying it was the wrong decision, but maybe having a third party there to, to come over the top of me and say, May should actually consider this a bit more, and in hindsight, mm. I probably should have. Um, mm. Not that I regret the decision, of course, but it's yeah, it's not it's not as easy as that. Like it's there's so much to it, um, and yeah, and I, think that,
0: that. and I think that's a really good point, Mason. Like using your story as an example, um, you know, Mason's a qualified financial advisor, been in the game for years, and um, he he also sensed that he was. know potentially getting emotionally connected and maybe should have reached out now you know i didn't know mason when when he made this purchase but you know knowing your situation a little bit um there was a lot of emotion but i think you're beating yourself up a little bit there was a bit of you know there was right and logical conviction that was made in that but the reality is is that awareness that when you're going to buy something that means so much to you and you're putting all your livelihood or a big chunk of your livelihood into this the emotions can get in, get it and get the better of you, and then going and seeking assistance and help to to help you through that process is very important. But I think the other one, Mason, is that if we dive down into both of our decisions, and I did it pretty much the traditional way, uh, I didn't buy land and build. I uh, bought an old house and renovated. So mine was going kind through of a different thing. My wife said, "John, you can, we can buy that house, but I am not living in it the way it is." So uh, convinced her to live in it for a little bit. Um, just touched up and then we did a renovation but um the interesting thing to this is purchasing our first home. now obviously it's become um a very uh, incentivized area to purchase your first home. there's first home buyers grants there's concessions i even had concessions when I purchased my house, I'm not sure if you did, but there was there's a lot of concessions for first home buyers because the governments are wanting to stimulate stimulate that. But there's also another wave here that's coming, which is the whole rent, um, rent investing. You know, renting somewhere that you want to live, and then you know purchasing an investment property. And I see that when I do the modeling for raw for both scenarios, okay. Usually in most scenarios, the numbers works out that renting and investing is better than purchasing your home. Now, don't get me wrong. There's caveats to all of this. And guys, this is general advice only. I'm not taking your personal circumstances into consideration. But the reason being is because it doesn't generate you an income. But in saying that, if you're renting something out for 250 bucks a week and you're renting somewhere, for $2,500 a week, yeah? The numbers could look very, very skewed in the other way. So it's not just a blanket, this is better than the other, okay? But I do see a lot of merit in the rent investing scenario. In saying that Mason, you do give up one thing and that's the PPR concession, okay? So when you're thinking about doing this rent investing scenario, If you then go to sell your property at that point in time or or, or sell that property at one point in time, obviously you're not getting the capital gains concessions that you would get in your home, which is if you sell your home, um, you don't pay capital gains on that property, okay? So it's a very unique scenario and I don't think there's a one size fits all. And I think that the decision that a first, uh, a, a, a first, property buyer okay has to consider is what they want from not just their financial situation but what they want from their life and my decision that I did many years ago was around I wanted to have a home where you know I didn't have someone that could knock on their door and kind of kick me out of that home and I wanted to make sure that I built the foundations where I could have my family or my future family in that home Okay, now obviously it eventuated that way for myself, but that was my that was my home. And I grew up in a household where, you know, they got married, they bought a house, and they're still in the same house that they kind of, you know, were with, you know, for 40, 50 years nearly. So that was kind of the way that I knew was the norm. And I've then gone on to establish a property portfolio outside of that, using my existing property as leverage. But obviously, help me accumulate more property.
1: Yeah, I think I think what you you've done, John, is it's actually like best case scenario because that could have gone very differently, couldn't it? Like mm. you plan mm. this out. I want my family to be here, but what what if your family didn't want to live there? Like then you've bought this bought this house that they don't want to live in. So your whole whole foundation, as you said, crumbles almost. Like yes, you still you can sell it and things, but it's that's either hassle and it's, it's expensive to sell property it's not a cheap thing and I think what you also mentioned there and I don't want to gloss over it because I think it's probably mm. the one of the most important things is you mentioned the principal place of residence tax exemption mm. so you don't pay a couple of gains on your home so if you if you invest in your home well that can set you up so so well in the future when you want to potentially sell it down the line it's probably one of the most generous things the government does for us really Um it, it, it
0: you think? I, I think so. And I think the other thing as well, too, is by the time I bought my first property, let's put it in perspective, I was in the financial services profession for you know nearly a decade, Okay, starting at 14 years of age. I think I was about 24, maybe 23 when I bought my first that home. Um, and I didn't buy the best house. Like I think you heard me say, like my wife didn't even want to live in the house. It was horrible. But my philosophy, regardless of if it's property, if it's stocks, if it's bonds, if whatever the hell it is, I'm trying to buy quality. And so when I'm buying, what, what my decision-making was about, it was not trying to buy as many properties as I could that were in cheap areas with the hope that it would do whack. When I was even making that decision, just obviously maybe because I was conditioned to be that way, it was, no, what I see on that block of land is superficial. Um, what I'm worried about is that block of land. Where is it, is it close to facilities, is it close to schools, like location, location, like all of this training is just kind of flowing through to me. So I think when I was even at that stage, I was self-selecting. And I will tell you a a story because it's very good for you to know. Sorry guys, Um I just had a, having some mic issues today. But um, sorry, I live in I just live in about oh, about fifteen minutes drive out of the Melbourne CBD uh, area. But I was going to live about maybe an hour outside of the CBD, and me and my wife did a similar thing to you, Mason. We bought a block of land. We went to the builder. We designed our kind of home that we would love to to, to live in and it was like we just signed the contracts and I remember the emotion was getting the better of me. And I remember I jumped in the car and I looked at my girlfriend at the time there, I think she was, I think she might've been my fiance, maybe. Can't remember, I can't remember sometimes what I did last week, but you get the juice. And um, I'm sitting in the car and I just remember me feeling like, nah, this isn't right. Like this is going against everything that I know and everything that I've learned this is this is wrong and it's not to say that what I'm what I'm saying is wrong or right for everyone it was just wasn't right for me okay and what I wanted from my plan and um, I don't know call it the stars aligned okay but there was a they sent me through later like you know how they get like a welcome pack okay and I got an email from them and where we bought the property and the block of land they didn't tell us that across the road, was going to be medium density homes. So, you know, I wanted to kind of like this family orientated environment, close to the parks, is that. And they were building like townhouse, 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 townhouse right in front of the house. And that was like the one, that's all I needed. I think I was already gonna do it in my mind. Spoke to the lawyers, made a couple of phone calls, email back and forth, and we got out of that contract. And I think I took that moment Went back to myself, went to my logical plan, rolled it all out, and went bang, bang, bang. And, um, you know, we've done, we've done, you know, well out of that, I would say. I think it was a really good decision of what we've done now. But as you can see, emotions can get the better of anyone. And that, you know, 22, 23, or, yeah, you know, 22, 23 year old guy back then, it was, um, It was emotion that was getting the better of me on those decisions. So we just need to be mindful of it because when it comes to property, it's a pretty big one. Yeah, and I think the other thing as well too, Mason, we need to be aware is there is a little bit of FOMO when it comes to property. It's like your mate has a sold sign, your other friend has a sold sign, your parents are telling you potentially, you know, you should buy a house by now. There's this kind of, there's this thing in Australia about this fear of missing out when it comes to property, isn't there?
1: Absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned this because I was having, having a chat with a, having a new, with a new person coming on board yeah. this morning and they, they said this exact same thing. So oh, I feel like all my friends are buying property now so I really need to get my, get my act together. And one, it's great that you want to get your act together. But I, I said to him, I said, don't compare yourself to your friends and what other people are doing because you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. You have no idea. And comparing yourself to other people, that's how that's a, that's a you become miserable because I could, I could compare myself to you, John. Mm. And, oh john's got he mm. got a home in melbourne all this stuff so, like i was live in Shepparton. like mm. and be really down on myself it's like it's completely different, mm. completely, different completely different lives like it's just yeah
0: it, it is that and i think i think the other thing is as well too is that because the Australian like australia's done so well in property over a long long period of time there's just this sense of as safe as houses, you've heard it all before, safe as houses, safe as houses, safe as houses. And, you know, we know by our studies, we know by the facts, we know by the data, that is not exactly true. Okay, what happens is, is because property prices aren't exactly valued every single day, you're not seeing those peaks and troughs. And you're doing what you probably should do with most other long term asset classes, which is kind of just don't look and then wake up in 10 or 15 years. And then, Oh my gosh, the house we bought in the seventies for $10,000 is now worth a million bucks. Like it's that's the exact same scenario. And actually just for a bit of food for thought when it comes to investing, when it comes to property in Australia and it comes to the Australian stock market, just, I always know it's a lovely one that people want to do. They're pretty much bang on in the same amount of like total return. If you include dividends and rental return with capital growth, they're pretty much spot on um, over the, you know, years and years and years and years. So obviously short term, that will be a little bit different, but long term investing, they're they're pretty much close enough to bang on together. But so I think that um, if you're thinking about buying a property, you need to be first and foremost aware of what's going on around you, is what we're trying to get at, okay? Is the emotions getting better of you? Is this a fear of missing out? Are you buying a property because everyone else has bought one or you're maybe buying a property because property just goes up, it always does, okay? Um, I'm here to tell you, and I'm sure Mason's been through the same. I know plenty of people that have lost a lot of money when it comes to property. And it's it probably leads on to the next thing when it comes to property, leverage, okay? So th- the biggest thing when it comes to property is that not only is it expensive to go in and out, let's talk about that, okay? like that, That's another thing. But the other biggest one with it is that usually you have to borrow to invest in it. There's not many people out there that have, you know, a million dollars sitting in their bank account in cash and then just go buy their, you know, first property with a million bucks worth of cash. You gotta borrow, okay? So when you're borrowing to do so, there's always a sense of extra risk. And what we mean by that is this. So in June, 2022, I was listening to an economist yesterday or we both were, and the economist was out there saying that they expect uh, over the next 12 to 18 months, price correction in the property market in the Sydney and Melbourne market of approximately 10 to 15%, okay? So let's just play that out on a million bucks, okay? Goes and gets a million dollar property. You've leveraged for that. Um, I'm just gonna use try to use easy numbers here. You've got a $900,000 loan, okay? For, for that million dollar property. And all of a sudden, the property market is down 10%. So reality is, okay, you've lost all your money that you've put in. Yeah, because you've put in 100 grand, the banks gave you near the other 900, uh, the bank's still gonna want their 900 back regardless of what the case is. But from a value perspective, you've paper loss, not real loss, remember this, you've got no, no equity, you've got no value, You've it's all been extinguished, okay? So, on the way up, obviously gearing works quite well because if property goes up, if you put 100 in, if it goes 10% up, yeah, it's 10% on the 1 million that it's gone up. Okay. Um, so, you've made an extra $100,000 when you've only put in 100. But on the way down, it also uh, makes it worse. And I often say that leverage is like a magnifying glass. Okay. All it does is just make everything bigger. The, on the way up, it makes your gains bigger. And on your way down it makes your losses worse okay so very important that people know the impacts of leverage and so especially right now which we talk about you know potentially investing in property a lot of people go john where do you think property is heading or where is it in one year and they try and influence me into this kind of crystal balling, okay, which you know that I don't like entertaining that idea. I like looking at the facts. And the facts are, is that the RBA or the Central Bank of Australia, okay, is coming out and saying that they've increased interest rates and that they're likely to to continue to increase the cash rate to um, control inflation, okay? Now, Mason, interest rates go down. We're taught this even at school. When interest rates go down, what usually
1: happens to property prices? The inverse. They usually go up because money's easier to get. So if you've got more money in your pocket, you can go spend it.
0: Lending also usually loosens up because assessment rates drop down. They've got more borrowing capacity so that they can borrow more. And so if it goes the opposite way and interest rates are going up, okay or lending rates lending assessment rates are getting higher, which means that things are getting tighter. Okay, people can borrow less. So property prices from a a cash flow perspective should go down. Now you can see that I say should, because it's not the only factor. But because debt in Australia is so huge when it comes to property values, okay, and the, and the household debt in Australia is huge, it is very, very hypersensitive to interest rates. So if you're looking down the investment side, so we've talked about the emotion of first home buying, and we've talked about what comes with that, but when you're talking about investing, you need to be aware that there's supply and demand, basic economics, there's monetary policy and fiscal policy, there's a lot of things that are impacting the property market as a asset class, okay? And so for people that may be in a downward interest rate environment, and what we're talking about is interest rates going down over the last probably decade, okay, up until lately, you've seen a lot of like property developers, property flippers, you've seen a lot of people that are going in and out of property, making kind of a quick buck, okay? Very similar, Mason, funnily enough, to like stock traders, yeah? Mm You know, when markets are going up, they're getting in and out, obviously, a lot of people can still make money on the way down as well. So it's not the case, but you've got this heightened trading environment when things are going well. But then the tide starts turning, okay? As um, Buffett usually says, it's only when the tide goes out that you see who's swimming naked. Um, And what what are we starting to see already? We're seeing the construction industry under pressure, okay, which one, the construction industry especially in the volume builder space was the the driver for affordability of housing okay so we start to take that away okay so demand's still there supply shortened we've got issues from a actually price perspective so construction costs are going up so the cost to actually buy the place but demand is going to start is dropping as well too because of affordability so there's a lot of pressure going in the property market at the moment. And as an investor, if you're thinking to do things short term, not to, I'm not going to say, you know, just don't do it. Like, obviously, this is general advice. I would just be saying to you guys, be very wary of what has happened in the last 10 years doesn't mean that it's going to happen in the next 10 years. Now, I know it might sound frightening, and you might think, Mason, or the viewers and the listeners, that, John's saying, oh, don't buy property. I'm not saying that at all, okay, at all, okay? We have a lot of clients that are purchasing property. We have a lot of people, um, even you know, other financial advisors and even their clients and a lot of people that I know that are continuing to buy property, but it's in line with their strategic plan, in line with their financial goals, yeah? Or it's completely not in their financial goals. And more importantly, guys, it's a lifestyle or financial decision. We have plenty of clients that Mason, as you know, that will say, you know what? I want to buy that beach house, you know, buy the beach because in 10 years time, that'll be the place that we retire into, okay? Or it might be as simple as we've got a couple of kids, we grew up on the farm when we were young and we would love to buy that property where we can take the kids and they can enjoy that farm. Now, obviously this is not first home purchasing and not first property purchasing, I get that, yeah? But there's still a lot of activity happening in the market. And so, Mason, in a time like this, do you have any words of maybe or some tips for people that are concerned about the property market, you know, and they may be sitting back and going, oh, you know, do I get in or, or should I wait? Yeah?
1: Yeah, it's always a question, isn't it? Do I wait uh, until the market bottoms and then purchase at the bottom, which would be fantastic. If you can do that, good luck to you. Um, but we can't. We just can't. So what what I always say is, what are you buying it for? What is the reason you're buying for? Are you buying it for a long-term investment decision? If you are, then the short term shouldn't be an issue. It shouldn't be a problem. But in saying that, short term, you need to be able to afford it now. So definitely analyze your cash flow, anticipate and put a buffer in place on the cash flow. So let's assume interest rate's going to rise by two, three percent. Make sure we can afford it and also have have we 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 go on to our buffers all the time, but Cash flow buffer plus having a lump sum buffer because mm-hmm. what if your properties not tenanted. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not paying rent, and we say, "Oh, people always pay their rent." What about during COVID? Where this period of time where people didn't have to pay their rent, the government actually let them off. Mm-hmm. So you got you got to cover that. So I have to cover the cost. Mm-hmm. That's a property owner. That's being a landlord. That's the risk there. And like, will that happen again? Maybe not, but. It could be something else. Like what what else could it be? It could be anything. Like Maybe there'll be a trend where people just go camping. Yeah. <laughs> or, or,
0: or, or, or unemployment might spiral mm. out of control. And, you know, there's rent relief given to people because of mass unemployment. Like, it, Mason, having buffers and having protections in play, especially in leverage, like, You know, I I wish maybe I had more time to show people, you know, under the lid of, you know, how much in the background we do to make sure that people can borrow, can afford stuff. Like it's very, very important that you don't just jump into debt without planning properly. Okay. And I think to summarize a lot of maybe the the, the the questions that we're getting fielded. One, regardless of what it is, don't get emotionally connected to what you're doing, okay? Try and distance yourself from the decision. And if you find yourself like that 23 year old kid, you know, trying to buy that property and feeling that emotion, step away, okay? And if you can't do that, you know, maybe seek some help in regards to making decisions based on logic, not based on emotion, okay? Regardless of if it's your home, or if it's your investment property that you're looking to purchase. The other one as well too, is what are you buying? You've heard this plenty of times before. When it comes to purchasing, it's about quality, 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 quality. You know, a lot of people make a lot of money by selling their properties eventually to people that want them, okay? You, you can't make money from property for, for, from property. Um, if people don't want your property, it's simply a demand side thing. Okay, um, supply, and then increase demand. Now, when it comes to property, the reason why a lot of people love it is because you can't manufacture more land. Okay, you can manufacture wealth on the on the land. Okay, but you usually can't create more of it. Now, what's happening in the South Chinese Sea and what's happening in Dubai will use that as an exemption. But uh, they're building uh, palms and cities, but for us um, and naval bases in South Chinese Sea, but the but the reality is is for the most people in Australia, what you see is what you get. Okay, so just be mindful, quality, 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 and I think the other one, Mason, is to is to make sure that you carefully plan, especially your cash flow, and making sure that you've got a backup plan involved. Okay, and what I also mean that we haven't brushed on in here is it's not just unemployment; we're not just talking about economic conditions but also talking about things that are unexpected in your life, sometimes health conditions that can, that can throw a spanner in the works and making sure that you're well protected in the event of something like that happening. You know, I would imagine that the last thing that people would want that is something happened to them from a health perspective um, that the bank comes in and says, uh, I'm sorry, but uh, I'll taking your house and off you go. So having a backup cl- plan in place uh, when, it, when it comes to that as well too.
1: Absolutely, I think property is not something Faint hearted, it's not something you just dabble in. It's you always got to treat it like a business. Let's, I'm buying products. You got to think it's this is a million potentially millions of dollars you're spending on this property. Um, it's it's also you sort of, oh, yeah, a bit of part time, sort of, and just hope for the best. Like, you've got to really plan around it and make sure cash flow, buffers, insurances are all in place. You know what's going on all the time, and you're recessing as well. It's not just like set and forget either. It's very much is this still working for us? Is the debt still working? Is is the debt still structured the right way for our situation? Mm-hmm. I think, and unfortunately, a lot of people don't want to hear this, but it's almost with, where property is in Australia at the moment. It's almost a rich person's game because to buy a quality asset, you need to be able to afford a high amount of debt or have a big deposit buying ten hundred thousand dollar properties as you said like eventually you're going to want to sell them to someone they're not desirable if they're not desirable they're not going to go up in value so we've got got the fact that it's don't it's yeah it's if you can't afford the quality then maybe property is not quite for you yet doesn't just because it's not for you yet doesn't mean it's not for you in the future have a plan to to build up to that point so you're not buying something that's a bit of lesser quality is that do, do you agree john
0: I think there's a big point there that what causes this to happen though, Mason, is that mostly people see it's too far away from me. So what I'll do is I'll step here to get to here. What people fail to do is just take a moment and to say, if I got this wrong, would it send me back? And if so, how far? And we all know about those people that bought that, you know, property in that mining town or bought that property. That was the next big thing that promised to be the world and didn't work out. Did it put them forward or did it put them back? Remember what I said about leverage. Yeah. It's like a magnifying glass. So just carefully plan and to try and always go for the highest quality first and work your way down the scale. Okay. Mason, that's been a great chat about property. And I think we could talk about it for for, uh, ages because as you can see, we both do appreciate and both do love it. So um, I'll probably just end it here because we might need to do a phase two on this one in the more advanced version of property investing. But as always, guys, um, just tread carefully when it comes to this asset class, tread carefully when it comes to using leverage. Um, A lot of people that are much, much smarter than me uh, usually say that the only way an intelligent investor can go broke is by using leverage, okay? So we'll use that as a warning. So thanks for listening to another session of uh, Friday Finance and uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Cheers. See you guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cash Talk. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to learn more about me, jump onto my Instagram at, at thejohncashar.com and you'll find me there or at my website at www.johncashar.com.au. Thanks for listening. Cheers.